Hello and welcome to episode 217 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybach, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Hello. I am... I'm good. I... Almost, I nearly made a mistake because as soon as you were like, I'm going to start the podcast, I was like, I'm going to take a mouthful of popcorn so that, uh, I don't know, so I can have like popcorn before we started the show. And then I almost didn't finish it in time. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to speak soon. So, um, yep. Yep. Confirmed. Uh, good at video games again. Yeah, we're the greatest at life and video games and planning. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. We may end up with a Vrabin somewhere in the middle of this episode. So if so, uh, That'll happen. Otherwise, it's just going to be the two of us. Uh, it's been a, it's been a while since we podcasted. It's been what a month now. Yeah, give or take. I always feel guilty when it like takes us time, and then it's like we're like, yeah, we should do a podcast, and then someone's busy or like there's just not quite anything to talk about. It's like no, but I'm yeah. always so happy to be back here doing it. Now we've hit critical mass of a bunch of incidental stuff without any quote major patch. Yeah, stuff to talk about. Uh, first of all, of course, we had the Super Adventure Box, which I, I'm not necessarily first of all chronologically because I can't keep track anymore. I'm becoming an old man and losing my grip on reality, but uh, <laughs> it back as as the festival that it has become, did you get in on that pretty hardcore this year, Spirit? Uh, less so than other years because I finished most everything in there. I got my, my hardcore tribulation grinding in last year, but I did, um, I was in it for the dailies this year for collecting those red weapons and, uh, it was pretty good overall. Um, I didn't feel like I had to do too much, um, but I was still in there a lot and I made out like a bandit this year. Holy crap. I made out like a bandit. I got four, um, of the tradable blue super adventure box skins. Ooh, that's nice. And on top of that, I got an orange one as well, which is worth about 250 gold at the moment. Okay. Okay. And I'm just holding on to that. So I made, a, I just made so much gold out of Sab that I haven't ever made before, which is really cool. All the, all the years of running trib modes and an orange weapon never dropped for me. And I got one out of normal mode one, two this year. So, uh, doing good there. Um, oh, there was a new, there's a few new rewards this year. Uh, that I didn't really chase, but were kind of interesting. There are some super adventure foods now, uh, which are tradable and made with baubles. So super adventure holographic cheese—they're they're, they're um, consumables. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, Buff and foods. yeah, I can't remember what they were, but they were like weird, awkward um, stat combinations for the most part, except for the cheese, which is the only one that sticks out in my mind. I think there's like cake and an apple too, or something, but it. It was weird stuff like condition damage based on your concentration or something. And there's just no stat set that merges constant. Like, there's no Condi boon class right now. So yeah. while you could achieve a, a reasonable effect from it by, like, mixing gear types, it's just not something that I am personally interested in. But the cheese, I believe, is technically the best in slot for Chronomancers now, I think, depending on your build, because there's a lot of there's a lot of chronomancer builds out there right now um but that that's what i heard anyway and so a few people were chasing after that but i kind of ignored it and then there's also a bobble node for your home instance now which is cool it's nice to have a reliable source of bobbles it gives like 24 i think per harvest um which means it'll take you a while it takes you what 10 or 11 days to 
to get a bobble bubble. And the thing about it is, like, people were excited about it, but I'm not too jazzed about it because we don't have a bobble storage in our material storage, which means that if we're acquiring those over the course of the year, especially if you're one of those people who gathers your home instance daily, you're going to end up with, like, 10 stacks of bobbles? Something like that. No, you can refine them down, so you'll end up with bobble bubbles, hopefully, if you're refining them. Please do refine them. Don't hold on to 10 stacks of bobble bubbles for a whole year, please. Well, can you cook, can you cook them into food, or do you need to do an NPC for that? Uh, you should be able to put them into the food. Yeah, I believe. Um, all of the one of the actually one of the really nice things they did this year was they um put they separated out the vendors a little bit, so it was easier to find what you wanted. And they also put vendors inside the super adventure box. So you didn't have to leave to vendor stuff, which was just a plus. That is very nice but, because that yeah. used to always be such a pain. Yep. So I I think I. I believe that the ones outside still have access to the food, although I haven't gone myself to check. Gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that's at least something that you can do if you are into the daily gather and don't want them to take up all of your storage. Although, why they don't have storage, it's not like it's a new currency. It's not like it's a one-off event anymore. So mm-hmm. it's that's a little weird with all the things that they've turned into currencies, but... Yeah, I think they mentioned that it was a a technical issue with how bobbles are used as a currency inside Super Adventure Box. That, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I was just about to say, it probably has something to do with the fact that it was coded way before we had the currencies in that way, and yeah, it, not not worth putting in the effort of going back and unhacking, you, you know, unhacking the hacky system that's probably based on, so. Yeah. 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 Um. So it's a bummer, but not always something you can can avoid. Um, there was another new thing inside the Super Adventure Box this year. They added a race uh, inside the Super Adventure Box lobby, and as part of like the like the gimmick of the race, the the cool thing was uh, up in the clouds above it. There's a bee dog honeycomb, and mm. if you step in the bee dog honeycomb, you become a bee dog. And so uh, the race cl- the the achievement for it was called Flight of the Bumble Pugs, I think. And nice. uh, you, it was basically you could you could only go up and down, and you could hover like in a weird bee-like way. You know how they don't like fly the most gracefully. Yeah, I mean it's a bumble yeah. pug. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you could you could get your bumble pug on as part of the race, and if you were ambitious enough, you could get up there uh, outside of the race as well, because there's that secret. There's that back door that you can go down and then you get shot out of the fountain and then you're up in the clouds and you can go in the cannons and stuff. So you you could get up there without doing the race. And in fact, I used it to do, there was a specific daily where you had to go touch four flags in the clouds and you could turn into a bee dog and then just fly to all of them instead of having to do the stupid jumping puzzle four times. And that was just a wonderful quality of life increase for me. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep, yep. So it's it's nice to see little touch-ups like that and and that kind of stuff. It to be honest, it didn't really pull me back in that much because those are not like it's kind of one of those things where I played it enough and like if if they released an episode or a, a level three, a world three, I would be there in a heartbeat and I would grind mm-hmm. tribulation mode on it. But there's a certain you know I I've just done it. I did it so many times in the last yeah. years that I just kind of. It's it's cool that it's back, but it just sort of makes me sad that it just yeah. makes me sad that it was sort of an accident, you know, that they mm-hmm. made something that was so popular and and 
had to prioritize away from it, which again, I totally understand from a development perspective that you only have finite resources and stuff. So I'm not, I'm not upset about it, but you know, it's a uh, super adventure box as much as I love it does not pull me back in for too long these days anymore. So yeah, yeah, it's cool though. Yeah. I do think it's hilarious that cheese is the one food that is the the good one, given its uh, usage as terminology in video games. Mm. But it was, yeah, I I had a hard time not laughing the whole time you're talking about the the new cheese is so good for mesmers <laughs> like the SAB cheese. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. So we had that back. That was great. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on with? Super Adventure Box? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Do you want to talk about so talk about the new glyph system a little bit? Sure. So, so I uh, well, no. so I had oh, I, I thought had a you meant I had to it. do it. Well, you don't oh, okay, have sure. to do it, but uh, you know, as I'm as I'm sure all the listeners know, they have updated the permanent gathering tools and put them in the wardrobe which is great as i mean I'm, I'm sort of just smushing this together with the glyph system because it came out at the same time and you can change the appearance of your permanent gathering tools to any of the other ones that you have purchased which is nice it's sort of uh, i will say it's another one of those mild regret of buying multiple of the same one back in the day but you know uh, i guess there's only so long you can hold on to that but it's nice to be able to customize them like that instead of having to shuffle them around or buy extras if you want, you know, four of the Molten Alliance ones or whatever. Yeah. And um, so I guess one of my questions, because I didn't really want to waste a transmutation charge checking it, I saw that you could change the appearance of temporary gathering tools. Does that, is that just only for that temporary set and then it goes away? Is that like the yes, worst usage of... <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so if you decide to skin those, they do go away, but, um, I mean, if you're one of those people who's sitting on dozens upon dozens upon dozens of transmutation stones that you'll just never use, um, it's an option. Oh, I feel like that's such a waste, though. Anyway. I mean, yeah, but, so one thing you can do, um, a lot of people don't know about this, but there are actually, um, gathering tools with 250 uses from the laurel vendors for one, one laurel. So if you are trying to get the most of your gathering tools, that's always an option that you could do. And then you can skin it over and it'll last longer and you'll get extra stuffs out of your thing too. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's that's something at least. When I saw that, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the way that it in fact does work or if what they had actually moved to was more like a slot-based transmutation, which would have been neat. Like yeah. you're transmuting your slot, not your specific item, but... Uh, nothing else in the game works that way, so I guess that's not something I would have. Or I would have preferred that too, though. I mean, right? Obviously, we prefer things that are better for us, but yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Just wanted to check on that, and then as a subsequent part of that, they added the glyph system, which was that certain specific permanent gather or unlimited gathering tools gave special perk chances to get say the the watchword gears or you know whatever when you gathered with them and only certain ones had that and i know that that's always been sort of contentious for people because on the one hand it's really not worth that much but on the other hand it does kind of feel like like why is this one strictly better um so now those are slottable upgrades that you can put into your 
gathering tools, um, which is cool. And now I may just be totally ignorant, but they also added four other types, right? Or or yes. did those already exist and I just didn't know about them? No, they, they've added new types with this. So um, off the top of my head, there's at least the tailor one, which gives a chance to drop cloth. There's a leather worker one, which gives a chance to drop leather. Um, there's the glyph of industry, which speeds up gathering by 50%. And then there's the gift of light, I think it is, which um, gives you a speed buff. I, like a, I think it, I heard it was a 100% speed buff. I don't know if that's true. I haven't actually used one of those to like after you finish gathering. Right. So, yeah, those are neat. All right, do you have any that you have uh, used or or grabbed or applied or just sort of, like, how how much are you buying into that system? Uh, well, I've got my free one. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone got one on the... Or everyone has the opportunity to buy one off the gem store for zero gem. If you haven't done that, I definitely recommend that you do that. Um on a, I chose on a totally glyph- unrelated note, which tab is that under in the gem store? Because I definitely don't have to do that right now. Uh, I would check promotions first. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so everybody gets certain. one for free. Yeah, so uh, it's a choosy box. You can choose one of the four that I, I was just talking about. I chose Glyph of Industry out of that, which is the faster gather speed. Uh, when paired with a fast gathering skin, and I'll come back to that in a minute, but like certain skins uh, gather faster than others. Um, so I paired it with the fastest one that I had and it gathers super fast. Oh my God, it's so nice. Um, if you kind of stack, there's there's a few ways you can stack it because like quickness affects gathering and stuff. And if you have the fastest sickle with the glyph of industry and quickness, I mean, it's pretty much instantaneous now how fast you gather. It is stupid fast and it's um really nice because i don't like spending a lot of time gathering and i often kind of ignore nodes because i cannot be arsed to sit down for 10 seconds and fish out a potato it's just not how i live my life yeah it's always felt very sequence breaking i guess oh i mean not sequence breaking but because that has sort of its own implication but it's flow breaking i guess is what i should say to like yeah to just stop and then sort of stand there for for literally forever uh, and mm-hmm. and gather right so yeah i mean that's that's cool uh as it so happens i'm not finding it anywhere which maybe i'm just blind maybe it's maybelline uh, uh maybe it's expired already i don't i feel like maybe it has i don't remember when it was going away but it was not forever i and i am too slow that is my own fault uh mm-hmm. I am not, actually, really, I'm not even seeing the, I may have just read right over it, but I did not see the regular upgrade. Anyway, regardless, it's, uh, it's cool. I, more, more customization and decoupling specific items or skins from special effects, especially ones that have any kind of mechanical or monetary bonus is always a good step. I'm honestly pretty surprised slash impressed that they did it so yeah that's that's all that's all good i'm a little bit peeved because it it seems like right like it was a really good change aimed at sort of standardizing tools right yeah um so i'm a little bit peeved still that they're within the skins there's still definitely a hierarchy of skins so for example the unbound uh 
magic set. When you harvest plants with those, say, you know how like when you're harvesting a rich node, it'll do three hits and then it's like you have to press F again to do the next three hits. With a harvest it, with the unbound stuff, it harvests multiple in one go with one press of F, right? So that is still different than, say, the consortium harvesting sickle, which uh, you have to press three times to do that, except it's way faster because the animation is like stupid fast on that one. So there's still, it's just annoying to me that they're like, ah, oh, yes, we're going to standardize the system, and then there's still like, major glaring differences in the tools that you use um which is weird to me uh, and i would have liked to see that standardized but i'm still happy with what we got yeah for sure for um, sure a word of advice if you are still trying to decide which glyph to pick out of the box there are new gathering vendors in all of the cities so you can go and and buy temporary versions of the tools for karma uh, like any of any of the new glyphs, they have like a, a temporary tool that has those baked in, right? So the fifty percent, the fifty percent faster ones, the cloth ones, the leather worker ones, you can get all of those for karma. Um, I think it's like seven k karma, which sounds uh, cheap for those of you who have millions upon millions. Um, but I think you would find that if you decided to buy those all the time, your karma supply would go down over time. Yeah, pretty pretty quickly, especially if you're yeah. fairly active. Yeah. So uh, it is an option, but it's also reasonable karma sync, which is interesting and good, I think, overall. Yeah, what is the what is the carbon conversion to obsidian? I can't even remember anymore. I think it's 2100 for an obby shard, but, but karma, karma is no longer the way you farm for obby shards. It is all about that unbound magic these days, if you're one of those people who's hardcore farming legendaries. That is true. I did do that for my last legendary. I'm just stuck in the past in my old days of my <laughs> underwater garbage legendary that costs so much. No, Oh it's... my god. I know. Uh, boy, though, I remember buying the precursor for it back when it was only a couple gold, so I guess that's something. Uh, goodness. Inflation. Anyway, yeah. Good change. I think we all like it. Uh, like you said, there's some weird inconsistency still among gathering tools, but eh, I can't, I can't really be arsed to be too upset about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Oh, one, one last thing I should say, um, unlike the skins, so if you have temporary gathering tools, right, or like the normal ones, not the infinite version, um, when they break, your glyph pops out. So if you have a glyph or you buy one off the trading post or off the gem store, you have that forever, and they can be changed out at will. All you have to do is pop a glyph in, and it will pop the one that was in it out, um, so you don't have to get an extractor or anything. They're just um, pretty user-friendly, as far as glyphs go. I even um, I even had a terrible realization, because I, I don't often play my alt account. I have it just basically in case uh, I want to raid more than once a week, and I want to get actual rewards for raiding. So I don't open world on it at all but i happened to this week because i decided i wanted to level a chrono during the the bonus weekend and uh i tried to delete one of my gathering tools that had my glyph on it and that could have been really bad and i wouldn't have even noticed except when i did that the glyph popped out into my inventory so uh that is even super friendly <laughs> i'm not stupid enough to destroy my glyph apparently 
I mean, you are stupid enough to do it. The system just won't let you. <laughs> yeah. The yes, system is smarter exactly. than you. Oh, for now. I'll figure out a way, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never underestimate the power of the players to do <laughs> unintended consequences. Reminds me of, like, in Overwatch, how there's, like, this meme that basically every other patch, they have to have a patch notes of fixed a bug preventing or allowing Reaper to reach unintended locations. It's mm -hmm. like, mm-hmm. How many times have you patched these bugs out? And <laughs> yet, here we are. Uh, yeah, I'm sure life finds a way, so to speak. Anyway, yeah, good change. Anything else you want to say on it, or do you want to move on to a different topic? I think I'm good on that. Alrighty, cool. It's, yeah, alright. Uh, what, what, what would you like to talk about next? Do we want to save, like, sort of the big theoretically controversial one for last or do you want to get it out of the way now while the podcast is still young uh let's talk about bonus weekends quick since i talked about that a little bit sure so for the first time i guess not for the first time th there have been small events in guild wars guild wars 2's past where um they will have sort of a game-wide bonus for a specific event so uh the one that jumps to mind immediately are the World v. World seasons. I think we got, like, double World v. World XP or whatever it was at the time for that, and the like, extra drop rate or something, and the, the big PvP tournaments that we used to have um, would have increased PvP rewards while those were on. Uh, but for the first time, we had kind of a big game-wide one last weekend, and it seems like they're interested in doing more of these. So the one last weekend was double XP in... PvE open world specifically, it does not include instances, uh, and World v. World, and an extra chance to get things when you gather, um, which was cool. Uh, the double XP was insane. I decided to level a Chronomancer from... I actually started earlier in the week anticipating the event on the weekend, so I think I got like 40 levels over the weekend. 16 of them were from spending 5 gold to level Jewel Crafter, because the you get 7 levels from it normally, but it was doubled, so then it was seven or it was 14 levels, and then I had some XP boosters on, on top of that, so I got 16 levels for almost no work, and that tickled me, and I wish I had leveled more crafting things, because it would have been so fast to level. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be... That would be very, very quick way to... I mean, you can already power level that way, but it would be even cheaper. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was fun. And I did a whole bunch of dungeons on that character, and now I have a character... It's a, like, like I said, I really only play this character, um, or this account, when someone's like, hey, do you want to raid with us? And I'm like, yeah, I've already raided once this week, but like hanging out with you, so yes. And then I don't get any rewards if I play on my main account. Um... So it's really just a, a backup account, and uh, I have no transmutation stones. So I have uh, a Swedish fish sword. It's a giant purple tuna. I have a white mantle um, focus. I have the, the flame legion chest from COF and, like, Sabatha's backpack, and I look horrendous. Yeah, that's... Because I have no skins, and I have no T-stones, and it's bad times. That is that, you know, some people pay to look that way. That's true. I'm just that fabulous by default. Yeah, exactly. I mean, good on you. You've mastered it. Your your <laughs> game is on point. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think that's neat. I 
it reminds me of Guild Wars 1. I, I, how many times can I say that on this podcast? Anyway, it reminds me of Guild Wars 1 uh, that they had the uh, like the Kurzik and Luxon weekends. And mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had like cycling events where you got a bunch of bonus rewards for doing specific things. Uh, I think they're really cool. I yeah, I, I think it's great. I would love to see more of it. And, you know, uh yeah, it's just it's it's another cool way to funnel people into various areas um, of of gameplay. That is, and they the other other things they did in Guild Wars One was the the rotating daily, um, you know, extra benefits from certain types of you know certain maps or certain uh, like I want to call them dungeons missions things like mm-hmm. that. And it definitely helped as the lifespan was getting on that you could you know uh, you'd log on and that's where like extra people were doing things because you know you got the extra rewards for it so i think it's good i think it's good that they're putting those back in they're not strangers to it as a company but as you said it's been far more limited in guild wars 2 thus far so yeah but it looks like uh in the future that they're gonna expand on it a little bit because in the there was a small patch um on tuesday and Included in that patch, it was data mined that they have another event coming up, which is no downstate in World B World. Uh, like, by so the you way, just die? Yeah, uh, but in exchange, uh, your world XP, your reward track, basically everything related to World B World is buffed. But yeah, you would just instantly die. That sounds rad. Yeah. Um, by the way, I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, good. Um, because NSP is fighting Yaxpen this week. Oh, good. Yeah, um, it's not good times. You should, uh, your siege sucks, and also you suck, and... <laughs> Are you finally, is this your first time being face-to-face with our engines of war? Uh, certainly not, because I I am a hipster of hating Yaks Bend from back in the day when the orb mechanic was still a thing, and someone from Yaks Bend fly-hacked the orb into a keep or something. I can't remember exactly how it worked. Um... But the, but there's been a there's been a deep rooted uh, grudge against Yak's Ben all that time. But it has been a long time, and uh, I think this is certainly Northern Shiver Peak's first foray into Tier One in many months. And <laughs> uh, we were met by Blackgate and Yak's Bend, and it has been about as exciting as you'd imagine for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, but like, have you firsthand observed just siege engines in the weirdest places? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Everything you know is wrong. Like you cannot yes. you cannot fight us. We are the joker of world v worlds. Like we thrive on chaos and if you sink to our level, we've won. Like <laughs> uh something, you know, something something about uh don't don't debate an idiot because they'll bring you down to their level and then they have more experience there. Mhm. Yeah. So, uh welcome to tier 1. Welcome to Yak's Bend. Uh please and thank you. But yeah, g- goodbye. I think you beat the pants off us and we're headed back to tier two, I believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that basically like going away though soon, right? Do I have I is my brain crusted? Uh yeah, well, we haven't really got any update about the alliance system yet, uh recently, but eventually, yeah, it'll be going away. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you got to taste get get a taste of the OG experience of Siege Bend because <laughs> you know, before before everything changes and we can no longer gallivant around being morons uh yeah it's great i 
can you see now why I always was like so conflicted when we were talking about world v world tactics and you're like no don't do this with siege engines I'm like yeah sure whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say like logical planning and trusting your commander there is 50,000 Yaxpens commanders that is every <laughs> single one of us we play siege where we will uh yeah yeah no that's good that's great i uh i'm happy i'm happy for you even though you lost uh i'm sure it was its own form of fun yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sure absolutely oh boy boy uh yeah bonus weekends cool it was good uh glad to see them i guess that really just leaves us with our other main like main main topic we've got other sort of shout outy type things but at least probably really both of them are cast cast worthy yeah. so uh there was a big band wave big band wave and it was moderately controversial i guess i don't know i yeah wasn't paying that close of attention to it i read up on it afterwards or as people were quote researching it uh I assume you have a better read on the community's feelings on this matter, so why don't you hit me with it? Yeah, so uh, if you haven't heard what happened basically a couple weeks ago, um, 1,500 accounts were banned uh, for, quote, cheating. Um, And when it originally came out that they had done this, um, it was not specified what triggered the ban, right? It was just very nebulous. Like, we, we, we banned 1,500 accounts for cheating. You're welcome. We will not accept any appeals. And people were like, uh, what? What? Because <laughs> uh, it's tied into several things, but basically, in, in recent Guild Wars 2 history, there have been more and more sort of, quote, gray third-party programs that ArenaNet tolerates does not endorse but, but all, yeah does not endorse but also tends to you know look the other way yeah so there's a big panic among legitimate users of these programs that oh my god suddenly they're not okay anymore and i'm going to get banned and everyone's going to get banned and it's going to be awful right so and and they're and they're not going to accept appeals which um so I am I am somewhat unique in that I have been permabanned, uh, mistakenly for botting once. So when I see this, I like I want to trust that ArenaNet has got their act together, and you know they got people who were legitimately cheating. But I also always have that that nagging voice in the back of my head that's like, well, it happened to you. So how many of these people are innocent? You know, and it's it's horrible. Like reading about this on reddit and everyone's like i didn't do it and then everyone's like you're totally guilty get off of reddit and that just was so bad <laughs> during this period yeah um, I, because that always happens too you know like there's yeah. always both sides of it there's always somebody that gets caught in the crossfire that is actually innocent and there's also always tons yes, of people absolutely. that are absolutely cheating yeah and you know uh yeah it's it's tough that i mean just just the just starting off with there will be no appeals uh instantly regardless of the way in which uh the decision was made or or whatever uh 
that that just bothers me in general for permabans if it's temp bans i don't really care like you can get over not having your video game for a week or a month or whatever but like if we're if we're talking permabans boy i feel like there better be appeals because like especially if it's automated right like if you the the bans where that is like if you didn't personally carefully review you know your system they're like your your suspects i guess i don't know it's at the the people right yeah um boy not that's that's not a great start um yeah so um i don't it it took a while for all this information to come out so this this was day one right like this was the our initial uh exposure to this right um I think I don't. I don't think they said in the original post, but um, as people were saying, "Oh, I got banned," or "Oh, my friend got banned," or whatever. I I believe all of these accounts that were banned have a six month ban. Oh, okay. So I don't think any I of them are permanent. I missed that detail. All, six months is still pretty pretty damn long, but but still, yeah. it's better than perma banned, I guess. Yeah. Um. So there is that. Uh. Over the next few days, I'm not totally sure the order in which this came, but what. There was a, a post on Reddit which blew up because it it was it was a guy who had gotten banned. He claimed to be a security expert. I don't I don't think he said expert, but somebody who works in computer security or whatever. So he has these programs that he uses on his computer and he sort of reverse engineered a client and found out that what had happened or how ArenaNet was was tracking these people is they had a, a quote spyware in our clients from between I think the beginning and the end of March basically that was introduced with the client and then removed in a patch a few weeks later um I, I'm not sure how to phrase this because I'm not an expert in this either right this is all stuff I've read and like pieced together um it sounds really scary when you phrase it like that right like arena nuts putting spyware in our stuff and they're scanning our processes and stuff um it's not first of all it's uh we we agreed to it in the terms of service right like that that is part of our our terms of service stuff people uh, people have outlined the specific passages that that say it's okay or whatever uh so it's not like they were doing anything illegal first of all as far as i know well i mean Uh, just as a point of clarity i while i agree that they weren't doing anything illegal i don't believe just because something is in the EULA does not make it not illegal. Uh, sure, yeah, that's... Just, yes. as a, just as a point of clarity for, for that, but That is yes. a good good point. Um, and it's also not particularly unusual, as well as I understand it, um, because based on... I believe people are saying Blizzard does it, and other competitive games that basically look for, for cheating software do similar things. Right. Um, so while it's it blew up in our community and to some extent i think it spilled over to kotaku as well um and sounded all very sensational it's not necessarily that weird it just sounded super scary yeah yes it's yes that it's the thing is that scanning for processes that are running on your computer is something that software can very easily do and there are completely legitimate reasons for doing it. For example, scanning to see if your own processes that are like part of your software package are running. Mm-hmm. And like to do that, you need to be able to 
like know what's running on the computer like that is not a weird thing um by itself and so when people think of spyware i mean the the name spyware itself sort of carries an implication that they're gathering personal data about you which is not the same as checking what processes are running on your computer because like you think of spyware and you think of things that are like key loggers right that are capturing mm-hmm. every site you go to and capturing your keystrokes which means they can extract your passwords and your personal information you know they can install other program like there's there's a lot of um i don't know if i'm going to call it baggage but there's a lot of things that are sort of wrapped into this spyware label and so right off the bat like saying what they did was spyware sort of carries a a very negative connotation without like necessarily yeah anyway every everything that the that the redditor says that they were doing would not surprise me if if is was actually correct um but like you said, it is not particularly unusual uh, the way in which it was doing it. Now, if they were, you know, like mining that personal information, that would be a hugely different story, but it's not. So I don't know. I I can absolutely understand people being upset and feeling like their privacy was violated. Um, So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that nobody should or, or is allowed to be upset, but like, I guess it just doesn't really surprise me or bother me that much. So, yeah. But anyway, the problem, sort of, potentially, is that um, it, from appearances, especially the uh, conclusions that were drawn by the Redditor in question, uh, was that they didn't really do any cross-checking to see if those programs were interacting with Guild Wars 2 in any way. Mm-hmm. So having the program running like on your system was basically all that it took to get a flag. At least that is what is being alleged, uh, which, you know, is, is really not. I mean, the thing is uh, I have some friends that have bought it in some games, but do not bought or did not bought in like say guild wars or overwatch, but like they've bought it on uh, ion, right? The Korean MMO. And that's i'm not really saying i'm not saying that's like a good thing but that also does not mean that they are botting on those other games right so um it's kind of assigning guilt for something that you didn't do with the with with ArenaNet, right um yeah i don't know i it's tough and especially when you combine that with a no appeals like that's uh not awesome so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much I have to add to it. I feel like if you're really flustered by this situation, you probably have already formed your own opinion, and we don't have anything new to add. And if you're not, then you know I don't. I don't really know how much more there is to say because it's mostly hearsay. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's important to say so the the programs that they were specifically looking at. I pulled up the list are Cheat Engine, Nabster, not Napster. That's a different thing. GW2MHREXE, UNF, and MMO Minion. Um, so they specifically listed out those out in a post. Um, if you're running any of those things, uh, 
quote legitimately like if you're using cheat engine to cheat in a solo player game right like please make sure that it's not on during while you're while you have guild wars 2 open so that you know your account isn't at risk if you're not cheating if you are cheating uh then shove it up a bet <laughs> yeah um, maybe stop you know yeah <laughs> or don't complain about it but yep um if you feel like you have been wrongly banned for this definitely put in a support ticket they've been much more open uh basically about it since the original post they said you know put in a support ticket will at least uh outline the reasons that you were banned um i haven't heard of any bans being overturned yet um although i only know one one person personally who is banned so i don't i don't know about anyone else uh, and, and what is really, really important to say is that nothing that was quote-unquote legal, so those third-party programs we talked about, the DPS meters, ARC, um, Reshade, YOLO Mouse, things like that, nothing that was legal became illegal during this scenario, right? So, like, don't freak out if you have a third-party program. It's not anything like that. It's these specific cheating softwares. Which is good. Uh, that would be That would be really crappy if... <laughs> They basically had given the unofficial okay on some of these programs, and then they were like, "Yeah, never mind, you're banned." Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if if the day ever comes that they need to prohibit the use of them, you had better be sure that I would be on the side of saying that they need to give a warning about it and just say like, "We are no longer going to be allowing this because." of xyz exploits and you know you have a week basically or something but yeah. uh again not the case here so that's good so yeah we um it was it was fun. christian and i were doing something completely unrelated uh yesterday and he he found cheat engine on his computer he's like oh i must have installed this for something a while ago and i totally forgot about it we just had a moment of like oh thank god you know nothing happened yeah yeah Anyway, I feel like that's uh, I feel like that was really kind of the biggest news news, whereas uh, that and the glyphs thing, whereas the other stuff uh, was either cast cast, which we haven't gotten to, or you know, returning seasonal events. So I think unless there's anything else you wanted to add, I think it's probably time to cast cast it up. Uh, is there anything else you want to add about uh, maybe certain cosmetic options that were released on Tuesday? Oh my God, yes. Uh, thank you. I, I even put it in the notes. Uh, we we had already started the notes for this episode before it came out, but just yesterday, as of recording, they added a new outfit for Dervish, which it was not my favorite Dervish outfit, but I will take it because I am an unabashed uh, Dervish fanboy, and I am heartbroken that we will never have them in game. But at least I can look like one and be. Uh, baller, and I already have my OG Halloween scythe skin, so uh, yeah, but it's there. If that is your style, check it out. It's pretty good looking. And yeah. this, they also came out with a scythe, which has a very cool trail effect that um, much like the trail effect on, say, the legendaries um, like Twilight or Sunrise, where it sort of like paints a window to some other uh, image. When you move the scythe, it show basically depicts part of a mural of the original fi- five. Oh my god! Yeah, 
five gods, uh, not including not including Cormier slash Abaddon. Uh, so it's a it's a pretty neat effect. It's kind of hard to pick out in game unless you like really spin really really fast. But it's a it's a neat it's a neat effect with a really cool sort of like lore a origin, if you will. Mm-hmm. So pretty neat. Uh, I like I said, I don't really need it, and because I already have a good scythe, and also it's a staff skin, which really is only for Daredevil, right? As a as a melee option, that is. Uh, so. Revenant as well, but that's a little bit more odd. Oh, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, I can't believe I almost forgot it, despite my excitement and my instant whipping out my wallet like a <laughs> fanboy. Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool to see. Um, I expected it to look good on the humans, but boy, on the human males, does it look like directly out of Guild Wars One? It's so good. It's like it's a very faithful reincarnation, but like in the good way, not in the yes, oh, not twelve in the, year old game way. <laughs> yeah, this came from two thousand eight way. Yeah. Um, the other thing was the the char have a really nice tail hole, and the Azura have ear flaps, and they look so good on both of them. It's just exciting all around. Yeah, I mean, if any skin were to not account for them, you'd think it would be a Guild Wars 1 human-only skin. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's good. The hood is good-looking. Uh, yeah, I dig it. There were there were a lot of good Dervish armors, so... I'm just saying, if they want to give us a Paragon armor, I'm ready for my... Uh, armor suspicious skirt? Suspicious chest coverings. Ah, yes, that too. Yeah. Anyway... You're right. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. But without further ado, I think it's time for the cast casting. Okay. Uh, hello and welcome to Cast Cast, the podcast from the podcast, for the cast for the podcast and the style cast for the podcast this week on Cast Cast. Uh, I didn't ruin it completely. Um, okay. The most exciting thing for me that has happened recently in the community is the ERP tournament. And if you made a weird face when I said that, yep, I'm right in the same place as you. But what it really is uh erp stands for elitist raiding party and it was a raid tournament uh it was so good i enjoyed watching it so much it's uh it was great sports for nerds they they did a really good job so it was all it was all hosted by uh, a fellow called mighty teapot who is a regular streamer of guild wars 2 does world v world raids uh, and other assorted stuff i assume uh, as well as a podcast called tea time and they they had excellent uh, production quality on this. Like they had they had good shoutcasters. They had a rotation of people who really know what they were talking about. He was really good at taking feedback. There there it was spread over two days, um, and sort of on the first day when it was gaining a lot of traction, people were going, "Yeah, we're really interested in this, but we don't necessarily under understand the raid mechanics or anything." Could you talk more about that? And he was great about taking that kind of feedback and incorporating it for the next day um, to make it sort of more accessible to people at its height. They got 5,000 concurrent viewers, which is crazy um, for a Guild Wars 2 thing, let alone one that wasn't sponsored at all by ArenaNet. Yeah, it was it was great. All of the matches were interesting in some way. There were a lot of... I would, I would say there wasn't as many innovative strategies as I was hoping for um, because they had a really cool rule where you couldn't... After each fight, you had to ban two of the specializations that you used. So, for example, after a certain fight, they would ban, like, Scourge and Berserker. And then you couldn't use those anymore for the rest of the wing. 
Um, and there, there were different rules on that. And you could also only use so many players across the whole wing. So you could say low man a certain boss in order to 10 man the final boss. So there were different ways you could do it with, with having certain players sit out this one so that they could, go, could do the other one with, more, with their full strength. Um, all of these matches are up on YouTube now, I believe. I linked a specific one in the show notes, which was a very close match. Uh, it was Wing 5, which is the Hall of Chains, with the final boss being Doom. And it came down to six seconds. There were, there were six seconds left after the whole clear. That is the uh, only difference. Pretty damn quick. BDQ. Yeah. The, uh, there, were, there were, I think, three or four matches that, that came down to a... That basically, they race, right? It's two streams side by side. They start the clock, and then they try and clear the wing as fast as possible. And I think three or four matches came down to less than 15 seconds apart for them to finish the wing. And there were some new records set as well, I believe. I think the speed clear record for Wing 2 was set during the tournament. So absolutely phenomenal to watch, especially if you, if you do any raiding at all. Um, you will understand it a lot better, but I think even people who don't do a lot of raiding were, were watching for the competitiveness of it, right? So it was pretty cool that way. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's very It's very impressive, really. Like As, as somebody who is not really a raider and has only dabbled in it, like that's still pretty incredible to think of it in those terms i guess uh to to be just that close that's that's really cool also i think if there's anything else that i was gonna say about it because i just i I had so much fun watching it we uh it was so early in the morning here because it was set up in uh european time but we got up early to watch it anyway and there was a lot of hype in the house nice that's always fun to watch like a esports type thing and and get really into it yeah yeah so the other thing i've got for today is the Tyrion tarot project which uh i don't know a whole ton about other than that it's tarot cards and it's not something that i've ever personally been interested in but wow uh it seems like other people are (laughs) because it's gotten a ton of traction it had a 15 they were doing a crowdfunding thing on indiegogo uh, still are, technically. It's available until May 22nd, if it's something you're interested in. They are... It's a it's a collective project by artists and cosplayers um, and people involved in the community to make a giant tarot deck, and they it has been funded for a long time now. It is um, 443% of its goal funded. Yes, so they are well into their stretch goals, doing things like gold foil on the cards and art books and all kinds of stickers and pins and extra cards, and it looks so good. If this is something you are interested in, tarot cards, definitely take a look at this or just uh, fan art in general because it's super high quality fan art. Everything about this looks really good, and if it's something you're interested in at all, I highly, highly, highly recommend going and at least checking it out because there's so much cool stuff in here. Yeah, it's the art is really cool, and like you, it's not tarot in general is not something that I really have any particular investment or involvement in, but the art is really, really good, and the, uh, I mean, yeah, just the production quality of it looks 
extremely good and i do know that there are definitely people that are really into that and i uh had a discussion with somebody about it at a party oh a few months ago not not related to the guild wars 2 one but just about tarot in general and like all the sort of scene i guess for custom decks and themed decks and or you know um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a whole it's a whole wide world out there, but it's a very cool collaboration project, and yeah, I mean if if that's something you're interested in, absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely, give it a look. You can decide for yourself, but also, uh, I believe yeah, the proceeds of it are going to. The International Fund for Animal Welfare Charity. So it's a not-for-profit venture, even, which is uh, neat. Uh, I'm sure at least some of them are probably kicking themselves a little bit about that, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's very cool. Very cool. And... I think that's about it. Managed to get an hour out of this one. Holy moly. I know. Holy bazoli. Guacamole. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm not sure. Do we do we have a word on when the next chapter is coming out? I don't believe so. I think... I don't think we have anything on the immediate horizon, to be honest. Um, We should be expecting a new chapter sometime in the next month, I believe, but I don't think we have any specifics. Yeah, I didn't think so, but I figured I'd check because, like I said, I sometimes miss that kind of news these days. So, yeah, I don't know. uh, I don't know exactly when we'll be back. We'll certainly be back when the next chapter drops possibly probably one in between then or maybe more depending on how long it is um obviously if anything huge crazy happens we'll uh (laughs) definitely talk about it but uh and if there's anything you want us to talk about that we haven't thought to talk about you know you can always drop us a message that is also absolutely correct so yeah if there's if there's any topics of discussion anything you want to hear our opinions on uh you know you want to trash talk my casualness nowadays uh feel free to send us an email and uh otherwise we will be back at some (laughs) undisclosed time in the future (laughs) we're just like a guild wars 2 patch (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it seems only fitting Uh, but thank you for listening and thank you spirit for joining me this evening This has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.